You're listening to the Calm Mind Confident Life podcast, full of guided meditations, relaxation audios, and an abundance of tips from inspiring people around the globe. This podcast is here to help you cultivate calm and embrace the power and freedom of believing in yourself. With your host and founder of Value Your Mind, Natalie Keeley. Today on the show, we're talking all about Ayurveda. Now, if you don't know what Ayurveda is, in Sanskrit, it's a, well, it's a Sanskrit word, and Ayra means life and Veda means science or knowledge. So put together, it means basically the science or knowledge of, of life. And it is India's primary healthcare system. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years and is probably one of the oldest healing modalities or or systems in the world. And the reason that I like it or was drawn to it is because of its really holistic approach and thinking around how the body and mind are connected. And it, yeah, it just really considers how you're feeling in your mood and how much balance you have in, in your mind. Now, the person that I'm talking on, to the, on the show, is her name is Ritu, and she's an Ayurvedic chef. And I'm actually having her cook on one of my next retreats in November. So I'm very excited to have her there because... All of my retreats are about uh, healing the mind, nourishing the mind, taking a moment to to pause um, and and really kind of connect back with your with your mind. And so, having someone cook this wonderful holistic Ayurvedic food for my guests is just well, I think it's just a perfect accompaniment. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. But today I'm just chatting with Ritu and we're just talking about how you can bring elements of Ayurveda and its its nutritional thinking um, and practices into your life. So as always, if you have any questions at all, just pop them over to me in an email or you can also head over to the Facebook community group and the link for that is in the show notes. Ritu will be on there at some point also answering any questions that you have in relation to Ayurveda. So yeah, head over there and otherwise I really hope you enjoy our chat. Obviously, the reason I wanted to have you on here is because you're going to be amazingly cooking on one of my retreats, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, but, but specifically, it was kind of talking about what your background is in Ayurveda and nutrition and how people can kind of use that to um, find more calm in their life. And me personally, I'm very, very passionate about Ayurveda, but I don't know a huge deal about it, only through my yoga training. Um so I wanted to kind of first ask you how you got into it, really. It's a bit of a long story, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> I grew up with Ayurveda um, within my family. It's part of my heritage. Um, and thinking back to when I was young, my aunts and my mother would refer to eating say, this food or that food to bring balance to somebody. Or they shouldn't eat a particular herb if that was too heating for the body, as that would discourage balance. So I've just grown up with this sort of chats around the family kitchen, around the family home. And then from an early age, some of the Ayurvedic properties of certain food and herbs. I've also been practicing yoga for about 10 years, and I also meditate as part of my yoga practice. 
I knew that all of these um, practices were actually linked to sort of the Indian sciences of Ayurveda. They all encourage self-awareness and a greater balance within the person. I became more interested in and understanding the detail behind it and also the philosophy of how all those elements fit together. At about the same time, I was also diagnosed with hypothyroidism. My adrenal system was quite fatigued and the life I lived up until that point was great and it was exciting and fun. But I knew that going forward, I actually needed something else for myself, a different way of life. It took about 18 years for a diagnosis to come through, which is quite a long time when you've got when you're tired, you're fatigued and all of those types of things. So I turned inwards really um, and I paused and I reflected and I had to really think quite carefully about what it was that my body needed, what I needed to do to help myself during that time. Um, and I developed sort of my understanding and my awareness of Ayurveda first through talking to the family in greater depth. So understanding what they were talking about in terms of you should eat this for balance or you shouldn't eat that. And then I started to study it myself. Um, and so that was sort of the beginning of my journey um, into Ayurveda and the creation of Life in Larder. And that was me also wanting to share with others and support others in a non-judgmental way. That's, it's, it's really interesting because I think, yeah, a lot of people kind of come to, come to it when they, and the same with yoga, I guess, they come to it when they've maybe come from struggles in their life or maybe they just want kind of a deeper understanding of how their mind and body work really absolutely and how they work together yeah exactly yeah and I mean that's that's kind of why I guess I love Ayurveda is because of the, the fact that it's so holistic isn't it it really really understands that actually you can't have one without the other you can't work with the mind if you're not working with the body and vice versa exactly it's an absolute given to me that one is absolutely connected to the other and the health of one can have a direct impact upon the health of the other and so working with those two areas together and treating and supporting um, them as one really can help um, and enhance well-being and finding that balance. So in terms of the the kind of working with your with your nutrition through Ayurveda how do you say for example if someone came and they were I don't know feeling quite anxious or kind of um, full, overwhelmed in their minds, how would you use the nutrition of Ayurveda to, to help them or support them in that? So we look at person sort of holistically. I'd actually work with them and undertake a full consultation, yeah. looking at how they live their lives. Um, and in terms of the diet, it is all about bringing balance, both to the body and the mind. As we said, it's one. Mm. So it's all the dietary plans are individual, tailored, and they're specific to the person. And they're preventative as well as restorative. So, for example, if an individual, um, I'm just going to call it a heating dosha, because <laughs> um, there's quite a lot of detail. And let's say they're out of balance with themselves. And they're eating foods, which are vedically are considered heating as well. That furthers the imbalance. So we look at sort of life practices and diet to reintroduce that balance for mind, body, and gut. Um, Ayurvedically, food is considered a really powerful tool in sort of bringing that balance back to the individual. Mm. The digestion, gut health is a cornerstone to well-being and to mind health. So by eating foods that support our either specific dosha or constitution, or whether that be for sort of general calming properties, so more sattvic diet, um, will essentially 
reap the benefits from that. And so nutritionally, Ayurvedically, um, we believe each meal should contain six different flavours. Um, so that would be sweet, sour, salty, bitter, astringent, pungent, and the dominance of the flavours within that meal, um, maybe based on the doshas. And also there are other factors to consider. Combinations of certain foods might not work for an individual, for their mind and for their body. And there might also be foods that we need to exclude. So ironically, um, there are foods that certain doshics um, shouldn't eat or should avoid. I'd say that's probably a better word. Mm. Um, but also um, from my sort of nutritional um, diploma that I've done more recently, we're also aware of um, allergens as well. So I take sort of a multi-pronged approach. Um, I also work with people to understand what it is that their preferences are because I think introducing sort of Ayurvedic dietary plans can be quite a shift from how people are currently eating and what they used to so it's about a gentle introduction to make it work for the person um, mm. there's no point in introducing something and then going oh this is too much so it's really working with them on an individual basis to see what works and actually Ayurvedic diets they're cleansing from the inside it's a, nurture, it's a nurturing way um, to enhance well-being and also it's a nurturing way to reduce AMA. Um, now, if you're not familiar with the term AMA, that's actually um, toxins and that's toxins for the mind and body. It's not just one or the other, as we've said. Um, and we do this, we prevent the AMA by eating in particular ways as well. So it could be sort of having your heaviest meal at lunchtime, um, understanding that raw vegetables um, are actually harder for the body to digest. Eating food at particular temperatures, which really support the digestive process and to boost the enzymes in our gut as well. And there are food combinations that we should avoid because actually um, work against that sort of harmonious digestive process. As well as the diet, I think how we prepare our food has a real impact as well. Um, I personally, obviously, I, I love the food element and I love the cooking. So for me, actually, sort of cooking food is actually quite meditative, calming. Um, I know people sort of refer to mindfulness of cooking. It's actually a cornerstone of cooking Ayurvedically, and it's the way in which the food is prepared. If it's prepared in a calm um, loving environment or even that self-love for yourself that actually helps the mind and that helps the calming of the mind as well um, it nourishes the mind and body food does um, and that's I guess where my um, cooking elements from life and larder has sort of come from it's about supporting people and introducing those elements if they've if they've not come across those before uh, who we eat with can also have a tremendous effect on the calm of our minds also and the people that we share it with and thinking about why we're cooking for people and who those people are it can be really motivating and life-affirming so it's not just what we eat it's the process through which we eat as well and uh, just coming back to what you were saying about um the balance i I've, i know kind of around the doshas and stuff like that about depending on what dosha you are or what um i for anyone that doesn't know what dosha is um you know I, I see it as your personality type I guess or your 
I don't know who, who you fundamentally are in your body and mind. But uh, yeah, so I just kind of running through the, the different ones. Is there any mm-hmm. specific food that you would kind of that comes to mind that you say, OK, if you're pitta, for example, you should definitely avoid this or if you're vata? The, um, obviously, there's three different doshas. There's vata, pitta and kapha. Right. They're all sort of characteristics about the, around the individual. But the actual lists are actually quite detailed. And if someone's actually really interested um, in eating dishes, the lists are very detailed. Yeah, and because I, for, for me, I've um, I, well, I'm a Pitta personality, okay, yeah. um, and someone once told me um, that yeah, I should be eating very much more cooling foods. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. That is right. But I, I guess it's about understanding what cooling foods are mm. um, and in the detail of them. So um, cooling might not just be, for example, the temperature. It's mm. the properties of a particular food. Okay. Um, obviously, there's such a variety of food out there yeah. that each food does, does take on specific um, qualities. Um, it's based on the elements. Yeah. Um, so, so you're absolutely right. Um, that is one area um, that probably should be avoided um but like I said different foods take on different qualities and when people come to you um for an an assessment or consultation is there any specific things that make you aware that maybe their um doshas are out of balance at all so it's quite an in-depth um consultation process Mm. um I will spend sort of generally about one and a half hour between one and a half hours and two and a half hours and it's a real detailed history taking so I will start with their early life mm-hmm. um we'll also touch on the experience of um their mother during birth because that can have an impact on doshas as well mm-hmm. um we look at um education um issues with family career interests health we look at um seasons um, and then we look at how someone's living their lifestyle as well. Um, I do a pulse diagnosis and a tongue diagnosis, and that all collectively helps to really understand the individual and their dosha and or doshas, um, if they have multiple doshas, and then working um, with that to create a tailored and specific plan to support them. Diet, lifestyle suggestions, Ayurvedic herbs, um, it might be specific yoga poses, meditation massage therapies um so there's quite a lot to touch on but the plans are tailored based on individual preferences as well to really ensure that they can introduce some of those elements if someone is an absolute yogi and they love yoga um then i'll i'll put more sort of yogic uh, suggestions in there for that person because it's all about making this work and really supporting an individual mm, one thing that came to me from again just the the kind of little bit that I did do in in it was actually initially when I heard about it and someone was talking about it in one of my trainings um they were talking about okay what what dosha type are you but then uh, Mm -hmm. in my kind of later um training I came to the understanding that actually it's really that you have three in you there's just one more dominant and it's trying to bring that all back into into balance absolutely yeah that it's getting kind of both all well all areas of your life in 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 balance um through various tools and ways of doing that and I suppose when once you do that that's when 
you know you sometimes have those moments in your in your life where you can really feel that sense of balance and your mind yeah. just feels completely clear and your body feels quite light and you just feel yeah. like it and it's it so quickly goes it so quickly tips back into out of being out of balance but it's, it's it's a delicate area for sure absolutely um and you do have to work at it in a in a way um but it's about understanding what that balance means for you and the whole process of having the consultations and actually really spending time and getting to know somebody as much as you're able to within the time is to really sort of establish how far away they are from that and how much work they need to do Mm. Um, so it is delicate you're right Um, but it's something to work towards Um, and it's, it's a way of life really and um when I was learning about this in more detail we were saying well, these aren't hard and fast rules these are things that you can introduce um you can call and then you can bring them back in as well if you're not feeling balanced as well so if you're feeling off kilter you can do some more meditation or you can do some more yoga and then when you're feeling great you might want to pause for a short one it's a good way of living and it's one that I think is non-judgmental and it's supportive ultimately and fundamentally and that's what this is all about. Yeah and it's it's very I don't know I find it's quite an intuitive way of living as well it's it's really connecting with what your what your body and mind needs isn't it and Mm. and kind of when you notice it's out of balance kind of applying something else to put it in balance again I don't know in some ways it's even though it's really complicated it also feels very intuitive and simple you know (laughs) I think no I think you're absolutely right um and it's about sometimes listening to that inner voice to actually give yourself that space um and that time to know when you're out of balance and I think sometimes lives can be so hectic we're running around we're rushing around we're picking the kids up or you're cooking or you're going to work you're in that commute and it's such a hectic and busy space and actually taking that time out for yourself to to really think about what it is that you need and there's often often you'll find that little voice in the back of your head um telling you maybe indicating to you the path that you should be following and actually it's very easy to disregard that those busy moments and busy times that that can often be the guiding voice that you need to help you to know that actually you need to bring that calm about and how how best to do that. Like you said, there's some things that you can't or people really don't want to negotiate with. Like, you know, if they're very, very busy at work, it's that kind of feeling, well, I can't I can't stop to to take a pause and kind of do the opposite of what I'm doing, the busyness. I can't bring more more space into my life. I've got, I'm too busy, you know. Yeah. Um, but then there are do you (laughs) it's common and what would you suggest then when people say that what do you kind of go to when people say that well I go back to their motivations for coming to speak with me actually if someone is extremely busy and they've got really tight schedule if it's something as small as introducing Ayurvedic drinks and Ayurvedic herbs into their day they are quick to do and fast to achieve um, but they are still supportive. So it doesn't have to be the whole kit and caboodle. You know, there are elements that you can introduce into, into someone's lifestyle that makes it horrible, really. And if, you know, if somebody has a half an hour where they like to read in the evening just for their downtime, 
they might want to do some yoga and some breathing exercises or do those breathing exercises while lying in bed and they're really calming and soothing and can help sleep as well yeah and I find that when because clients will come to me it's with similar kind of you know I'm so busy I'm so busy um and they'll they'll have set themselves very unachievable unachievable goals in a way in terms of their in terms of their well-being and bringing more calm Mm. into their mind you know I've got to completely shift my whole life and actually when we do that it puts more stress I think on the mind more more guilt when we're not able to achieve that you know all these kind of negative um, feelings and emotions end up coming up rather than what we wanted which was to achieve more calm and balance something that I always hold in mind is to be kind and look after yourself. You might have an end goal of achieving that balance, but it's actually a journey. Um, doesn't happen overnight. Um, it's a process that you can grow into and build as you as you become more familiar with these concepts mm. as well. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be, okay, on this day, I'm going to be um, mega calm <laughs> and my life is going to shift. But I think it is something that we all build on. Um, If we enjoy something, we might want to do more of it, which is wonderful. And if something doesn't work for us or it doesn't feel so comfortable, then we shouldn't beat ourselves up. And maybe we need to take a different approach. And that's all okay too. For me, this is really about support, self-care and non-judgment. Um, that's that's how I look at sort of my practice and how I support people. And Mm. I think I'd like to think that that's those are sort of principles that people can also apply to themselves as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, the judgment is really, I feel, the kind of crux of it all. We're so we're so our own worst critic, aren't we? Um, and mm. that it can be very, very difficult to shift that. But once we notice that we're we're doing that, what we're judging ourselves, it's it can help start that journey, that process of finding a bit more compassion for ourselves. Yeah, and I, I think you're they're absolutely right. And it's also important to bear in mind that um whatever somebody else is doing isn't something that you should necessarily judge yourself by also so it's really about what you need and where you need to get to and what your journey is an individual's journey and that's that's a good point actually because the Ayurveda that's why I again another reason I'm really drawn to it is because there's so many now um how-to guides you know uh do this this and this and then you'll feel better um, mm. But it really doesn't take into account that every single person on this planet is completely different. <laughs> Whereas, obviously, with Ayurveda, it really, I feel it really, really finds out the individual um, person and what they need to um, find need in their life to find that balance, isn't it? It's it's so individualized as an approach. Yeah, absolutely, and um, it doesn't work me unless I really do understand the person that I'm working with um it doesn't work for them either because I can I can sort of photocopy mm-hmm. <laughs> a document which is why when you said um oh, what shouldn't I eat for sort of this particular dosha um I, I can give that information out but actually I don't necessarily think that helps and because yeah. um, it is about the person yeah um, and it's about understanding them and knowing what works for them and doesn't work for them um, and taking into consideration sort of someone's emotional space as well as their psychological space and physical space um, and their well-being and their health in all of those areas. So for me, it is, it, it's an important and special process 
um, and it's inviting somebody to sort of open up um, and be quite honest with themselves and that is part of the Ayurvedic process. Often when you start that journey, I mean for me personally I, I started the journey into yoga not with any expectation really of the end goal but through it I learned so much more about myself that it's just been a kind of process that's just kept going and going really um I don't don't think it stops (laughs) no no and now now it's where whereas before if I'd said to myself right you know you're going to be living this certain lifestyle and and all this kind of thing I'd have thought no way I'm not going to be doing that um but because I didn't think of that end goal, I more thought of the journey to getting, you know, a kind of more sense of clarity about who I was and personal development. Yes. It, it was much more, um, a much more kind of helpful process, really. Yeah. And I, I think that really comes through um, when I have uh, my sort of meetings or consultations with people. Um, and you, you start with the early years and you sort of get to where they are now in life. Um, having having undergone that journey with them it can sometimes be hard to know where you're going um, unless you know sort of where you've come from essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder whether it's possible just because we've talked a bit about the doshas and some people who are listening don't know really what they are whether you could just give a little bit of a summary on eat the three doshas. Yeah no that's absolutely fine. Um, so the dosha, there are three I mentioned earlier, vata, pitta and kapha. Um, they sort of govern, they're based on energy um, and they sort of govern our physical and emotional well-being. Um, people might have a dominant dosha or they might have all three um, or two and we work with those. Um, so the dosha of vata is made up of two elements. Um, and that is space and air. So the characteristics um, that present within that particular dosha are light, cool, dry, and vile. So we then have pitta, um, and there are two elements here that come into play, and they are fire and water. Um, The water element um, is the lesser of the two, Um, and the fire is prevailing within that. And you might describe this dosha as hot, sharp, and penetrating. And then the elements within kapha are water and earth, Um, and this presents itself as heavy, cool, moisture, and stable. Um, Neither neither of the doshas are good and bad. Mm -hmm. Um, They are just what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's really important to understand because sometimes I think someone thinks, oh, that dosha is better than that dosha, or mm-hmm. I wish I had more of that. And that's not how the doshas work. Um, if a dosha is out of balance in any of any, each of them, um, that might not be so helpful um, to an individual. Um, so I, there's not an emphasis on any of them, I don't think. I think that's important to state think when I think about what you were saying about the the doshas about how it really helps for me um when I'm thinking about it is although I've told as I said I, I'm um, more of pitta um I do definitely notice when 
I kind of have slipped more into kaffir because I feel really like almost heavy in my mind sometimes and I'm feeling quite lethargic and sometimes it's actually good for me to be like that because it kind of brings me down and I feel grounded but other times I feel almost too much of that so then I have to do something to kind of balance me out and take me out of that if you see what I mean. Absolutely I think um, you sort of said something that's really important here and um I think it's important to highlight that our doshas can shift. Uh, our dominant dosha can shift um, as you move sort of between pitta and kapha, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and that's fine. Um, but you said sometimes you might feel comfortable because actually you need that in a restorative capacity. But if that dosha becomes too heavy, if you want to call it that, that's when it becomes uncomfortable and that's when you might want to do something um, to bring yourself back into balance again. So, yeah, it's important to notice that you may, you will shift um, and that will depend upon what's happening in your life at that particular time as well and how you're responding to those changes as well. Yeah, because you can kind of go through, I've met so many people and I think I probably was very much like this at one point, but um, you can kind of go through life just experiencing experiencing behaviors feelings changes but not really just kind of not really taking responsibility for them in a way and just oh this is how I feel now I've just got to put up with it whereas when you do something like this it really helps you understand that actually you're feeling a certain way because of something and there's things that you can do now you've worked that out to change that absolutely and I think sort of having um going through this process or or through an Ayurvedic process I mentioned before it um, increases awareness of an individual and therefore increases your awareness of what's happening around you how you're responding in that moment but it also can lead to a greater sense of empowerment as well knowing that you can do something differently or that it is with, within your control or your gift um, so I, that's a really um, wonderful thing that can come out of this process too Oh, thank you. I could talk for hours about it. I probably will keep talking to you about it. Uh, But do you have three tips that you could suggest on how you bring calm into your life or how you use Ayurveda um, that that could be helpful for people to take away from this podcast? Yeah, I think there's three things um, I do do, and they're based on the principles of Ayurveda. Um, Obviously, as a side thing, I incorporate the diet and herbs into my life. Uh, but I think listening to yourself, um, carving out space in life just to be, to be still, be patient, and hear what your body and mind needs. Um, and like I said before, it's often that quiet voice that's easy to overlook. Mm. And actually taking the time to hear that voice, it's good for me to find my calm, my purpose, and ultimately my balance. And if they can find, if they wanted to find out more about you, so my website is um, www.lifeandandlada.co.uk. I uh, will be obviously seeing you on the retreat. So if anyone is interested, there are two places left at the time of recording this podcast, and um, you'll be making lots of wonderful dishes, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very tasty and healthy, yes. <laughs>